And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I, I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Hell yeah, One Trick Pony, what's up? What up, dude? I'm so stoked. I, You know, you were one of the, what, first ones when I did the videos, and now you're back. That's right, man. Thanks for having me again. Uh, hell yeah, and I, I can't wait to dive into, like, the obviously Swamp Thing. Let's be real. We're going to dive into Swamp Thing. Then, like, some of your Kenner stuff, because I know that you, like, know molding pretty damn well. I mean, let's... And then you know how to grow mold. Like, we're going to dive into some shit. So I'm super stoked. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, I'm stoked that you're here. Do you want to start out with like, like, where's that name and uh, how long you've been doing bootlegging and stuff? All right. Well, um, I guess I, I started probably my first bootleg in uh, about 2014 in my undergrad. And um, I graduated there from art school to my thesis on... It was pretty much a mixture of bootleg figures, kit bashes, along with like arrangements and kind of ready-mades. And then um, after that, I landed a job thanks to some uh, homies that I went to school with. Um, and we were making large-scale figure sculptures for amusement parks and museums and stuff like that. So that's where I learned how to actually, you know, like really make a solid mold as opposed to what I was making uh in art school and you know I worked at this job for like three years it was super rad I got to work for uh, all sorts of really big name companies like Universal, Warner Brothers, um, Disney you know all those big guys and uh, was fortunate to get a lot of knowledge passed on through some of the older cats that were working there that had been in contact with Kenner you know employees through their previous jobs when they were my age at that time so that's where I really got to hone in you know a lot of my skills and learn a lot of tips and tricks from those guys and um I actually got my name (laughs) through that job I um it's kind of an interesting story but I got into it with one of the leads there and he he called me out in front of everyone and said oh all you want to be is a one-trick pony. That's all you want to do. You <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm taking that. And then um, I really wasn't there much longer after that. Yeah. Got out of it and really just like started pursuing what I was doing, you know, in my basement had been for the past couple of years and really just wanted to hone my skills in a lot more. Love that. So let's, so I want to talk about the, you said undergrad, your art school yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you, 
I mean, this is the most badass thing if this is true. Did you make toys as a part of your like art school stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was actually a painting major, you know, I've been painting my whole life and whatnot. Yeah. But at the same time, I was always obsessed with toys, like as a kid, playing with them, collecting them, even through those teen teenage years where it's like kind yeah. of a little you're almost like ashamed about it, kind of like embarrassed. You're you know, like 18 years old, like hunting through the aisle at Toys R Us and you got like an eight year old and you've got like, you know, like a 45 year old and you're all just scoping out toys. Yeah. So I've always been super into toys and through my undergrad, it was painting and I was getting, you know, I did printmaking and sculpture and, you know, digital art pretty much was getting my toes wet and everything I could. And it was kind of towards the end when I was like, what do I really care about? You know, painting was getting a little stale at that point. Like a lot of people were just being like, painting is dead yeah. and whatnot. And um, so I really started thinking like, what do I really care about? Like, what, what am I really passionate about? And I'm like, I'm still like, <laughs> still collecting figures and whatnot. And even, you know, I had a, multiple jobs through my undergrad and one of them I picked up at Toys R Us um, just as like a seasonal thing. I was like, I just want to do it. Why not? I want to be Fell around love. it. Yeah, total mistake, but um, I did it, and I got to say I worked at Toys R Us, so that's yeah. kind of cool. And um, basically, I really started um, trying to translate my figure paintings into three-dimensional. That's when the the toys started getting introduced, and I was thinking of ways to basically, you know, make reliefs with the figures mounted to things and incorporating them. And and I was like. I just really wanted to make my own. And so I went from, you know, cutting stuff up and reassembling them to being like, how can I, how can I make multiples of this? So that's when I just started looking up videos on YouTube. And I was like, how do I make a mold? Cause you know, I couldn't really acquire that knowledge through the professors at my school at that time. And they pretty much were like, man, just look it up on YouTube. So, <laughs> right. Which is like a little discouraging, but at the same time, I mean, taught a little bit of discipline in that regard you know, that it definitely pushed me, um, made a lot of crap, a lot of, a lot of money, a lot of mistakes, but, um, I don't know. I think that's what really made me think, wow, you know, this, this is tangible. Once you pull your first cast, even if it is a complete turd, you're still stoked about it. Like, wow, I've, I've created this, you know, completely new object from, you know, all these materials now that really excited me and just multiples in general I think was something I was always attracted to when I was doing screen printing um I I did like a lot of Mortal Kombat stuff because I was really intrigued by how all the ninjas were the same just different colors and so I was doing like mono prints with like black over um different color washes and yeah. you know, creating new characters, but using the same screen to pull different characters essentially. And that kind of similar to like the Motu figure line where it's a lot of reusing the same parts, but just how the color, you know, really identifies that character. And that was something that I was, I was really interested in is color to form and that relationship. Yeah. Hurts my heart. I love Scorpion. And to say that he's just the same as the rest of them. Oh, painful. <laughs> oh, dude, Scorpion's my favorite. Um, that was the first figure I ever molded was a Scorpion 3.75 Joe. 
well, that wow. was my, my first mold. It was total garbage, but um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then I, you know, I molded the bigger one and molded a Skeletor head and then just kept going from there. So you made that jump where you took, like, you're talking about how you've always been a painter and a printmaker and stuff. So when you talk about painting, are you talking like muralist? Are you talking canvas, oil? Where are we at with that one? Um, mainly mixed media, man. Like anything, typically it'd be, it would be anything from like a, a wood panel to a raw canvas on, with no gesso on it. I mean, and it was really everything from inks to acrylics to gouache and spray paint, pretty much whatever I could get my hands on, you know, you're kind of working with the budget when you're in art school and you're just like, yeah. whatever I can make work and just trying to utilize all the properties from those different materials to your advantage. What's dope is when you look at, I mean, that speaks to so much of like who you are as an artist with toys, because you can tell with like the swamp things, you're using so many different things. You're putting weed in them. You have like this fishnet stuff going on. You've got like, uh, different magnet sets up you got uh the different uv res so like you're killing it in just mixed medium as far as resin goes as well like does that do you just get bored using like only one uh you know i thanks for saying that but i i guess my first thing is like the minute i get my hands on something it's like i jump to like plan you know 27 where i'm like where can this go i see you yeah. like, and i'm like that's dope but like what are the possibilities with that and it's just so it's always just I, I guess experimenting is what really excites me and drives me you know you want to like and, and that's where the mixed media comes in where it's like always in conjunction you know how do these things interact which is rad so you start making uh, toys and stuff in 2014 you start doing your first cast um and then we we're gonna skip some when is the first time you mold like your PS de la resistance like your swamp oh man I think it I was I was actually trying to figure that out um just like archiving I think the the first photo I found of like pulled swamp thing cast was like January 2020 mm -hmm. so um not that long ago yeah no the um the swamp thing is actually pretty pretty fresh um I sold my first one through my, like my personal account on 420, 2020. And that was like the weed one. And that was the very first Swamp Thing I'd ever, so that was the first uh, like real resin casted figure I had sold. You know, I'd sold ones that were a, a blend of found figures and casted parts, but that was the first fully articulated resin casted figure. Yeah, so walk us through that part. Uh, so you're, it's like 2020, you're molding, you like molding, you figure out you want to do characters and you sell that first one. Like what, what's that? Like that's got to amp you up like crazy. Yeah, man, I was honestly, I was, I was so stoked and uh, Garrett from Bootleg Bonanza was the person that purchased that. Hell yeah. And, and I like, I had like, you know, noticed, I'm like, oh damn, this dude like collects a lot of, you know, really great indie toy art mm -hmm. and so that really kind of was uh it was a great feeling you know and it was somebody that i didn't know all the previous stuff i had sold was always through a friend or you know something like that so that really you know jived me to be like damn like maybe maybe i should actually pursue this it was it was always on like 
the back of my mind, but it always seemed it always seemed too far to reach, you know, when you're like watching from the sidelines, you're watching all these big dogs that are constantly killing it. And it almost seems like, man, like, I I don't know if there's room for me in that. And um, I think it was like around August or so I, I made my one trick pony account and I just started throwing shit up there. And then um, I was overwhelmed by the responses and like, I really was not anticipating that honestly. And yeah. Very thankful for that. Cause I mean, if I remember right, um from like last time we talked there was a boom like once one of your figures it got like reposted or something and all of a sudden it went nuts right yeah yeah there was um there's this uh account it's a roots of swamp thing account mm-hmm. and uh he he reshared some of my images and then it was like i was like partying on like a friday and then was like coming you know checking back in late sunday night and was like holy shit, where did, like, where did all this action come from? Like, I got all this stuff I got to reply to, all these people. And that was just, um, I was very grateful for that, you know, for him doing that and uh, giving me such exposure. Yeah, because I'm assuming everyone wanted one. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty nuts. I really, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared, you know, and that's kind of why I, I never set up the One Trick Pony account was because I just wanted I wanted to have all my ducks in a row before I put yeah. something out there. And um, I was kind of just throwing some stuff out there, maybe just hoping people would see it or maybe just like it or something. And mm-hmm. and then it happened and it was like, oh shit, we got to get this shit going. Like we need packages now. We need stickers. I need to be casting like multiple figures a day. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm still honestly trying to like, trying to catch up i've been slacking a little bit but because it's it i mean depending on the resin you use right it could be like six hours time just for one cure of unless you have multiple molds right right so that's kind of the plan moving forward is to um you know set up about three molds and just so i can cast the material i use is 326 so depending on the humidity and temperature and whatnot. Um, I can pull a cast maybe in an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, but during the winter time, my studio is in the basement. So in the winter time, it was like double that. Yeah. So that really slowed production down and that was killing me, you know? And, um, you know, there's, there's kind of like a, there's kind of like a sweet spot of when you want to pull a cast or at least for me and uh, the way I set my molds up so that you're, um, still able to pull it and it's kind of malleable so you're not putting as much stress on the mold mm-hmm. as opposed to if it's solid if it's already completely cured you know um it's going to wear your molds out a little bit quicker yeah so that first mold you made of swamp thing how how many pulls did you get let's i mean what 10 20 uh i think i think it was like 32 to 35 holy I really haven't. I, the net, I've already remolded him, and I, I started keeping track, and then I just, I just yeah got caught up in it, you know. And you're like, I don't know, where did that one go? Yeah. So that's your which which is crazy. Like you, it feels like, man, seeing such a dope figure that's articulated, that's well designed, um, and just cast so well, and then like. Cause I can only, I, I've created figures. I know that like figures that aren't bulky. Cause that's not three, 
quarter, right? What is that? How big is the swamp thing? That's like 5.5 inches. So that's already a massive amount of resin. Yeah, it's a pretty beefy mold and he's a he's a pretty big cast. Yeah. And so like all that goes into it and the mold has got to be just a brick, right? Yeah, it it yeah, it's pretty much like a like a brick. Nice. So it t- <laughs> like on like it's so crazy that those are pumping out that you're like able to keep up the way that you are. And like I, we see them and it's dope to see like different colorways and all kinds of stuff. So, man. Yeah. And there's like, you know, when I don't like to like repost, like if someone uh, requests or commissions something I've already made, I don't, I don't okay. really feel it. So just keep sharing that same one. Um, you know, I, I, I want them to all kind of be fresh every time. I don't want to just post the same one every time, but yeah. And then you did something super badass that I for sure want to talk about the He-Man dough, Iron Man dough, like that head swapping. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray. We're saved, DLP2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. It looked so rad. Like, I love micro machines. And so, like, I have so many of them because um, I use them for God knows whatever. But that's what it looked like. It looked like a massive micro machine. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly what that body was. And that was a collaboration with with actually the um, the guy that was kind of managing me and taught me. And he became one of my best friends. Uh, his Instagram handle is Dreamcastle Studios. And oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, oh man, we started that like that was so long ago, and I was. I was so jived about my, like, jacked up about making Swamp Things. I I felt bad, but I kind of got carried away. We had started that project so long ago, and um, he had, you know, he had had access to some of these ridiculous molds and, and casts, and that body is a, um, you know, it's a micro-machine body of a Boba Fett. But yeah. that is, um, a, that's what they would consider a four-up. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if I'm going to explain this properly. Yeah, but let's I do guess. a little dive into four up and like what that means. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sure there's many other guys that are way more knowledgeable for this. But from my understanding, it's essentially these, you know, these figures were sculpted four times the scale. Mm-hmm. And then they were, you know, brought down to the micro machine scale so that you could I guess probably retain more detail in that, you know, sculpt something mm-hmm. big, shrink it down. And so he had some of those, um, he had, he has a couple of different things that are, I don't know if they're from originals or if they're from, you know, repros, but so he had that body and the Mandalorian series came out and they were like, you know, just hanging out in his studio and just fucking around with it. And we started thinking, I'm like, you know, it'd be cool if it was something something clever, something unique, like instead of just doing like a Boba Fett, you know, and I know the Boba Fett and the, the Mandalorian are definitely different, but, um, you know, it is a bootleg, right? So 
we were starting to think of different names and different um, characters and we were kind of like well let's hit let's hit like the big boys we got star wars already so let's go for a marvel a dc and motu and yeah. that's where you know we got the iron mando he mando batman and then it was um so he did all the bodies he cat molded casted and painted all the bodies and i molded casted and painted all the heads and um that was kind of, and then we actually did had a little bit of both hands on the packaging. Yeah. So what's crazy immediately what I think of is that means there's a four up of every micro machine out there. Yeah, dude. So someone and, has those. Yeah. And um, there's actually like, I was trying to find some, like some resources on this stuff because he was he was informing me a lot about this stuff and then I would try to research it. Yeah. Kind of up short. Maybe I just wasn't, you know, looking in the right places. But like most of those original like Kenner four up casts were that that kind of like darker teal color. It's a little more on the green side. But mm -hmm. um, so there was a time when somebody basically molded and casted a shit ton of those in the, that same colorway and um, sold them as the original. Okay. And that was, I think, referred to as like the blue harvest. And I think they're like, even the, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the family guy or like yeah. uh, robot chicken, something's called, something's called ref referencing the blue harvest. But yeah. um, that was just like a phenomenon. I think that had happened where everyone kind of got got for a second. I was mm -hmm. like, wait a minute these aren't the originals. These are reproductions of like copies that were sold as originals. Yeah. And I, so, cause the one four up that I absolutely would want would be the sand crawler. Like I want that four up for sure. Oh, man. That would be so, so sick. Um, his, I mean, his collection is insane. You know, yeah. he's, he's a great guy. Um, he's taught me so much and just so much respect for him. <laughs> like That's rad. So, like that figure not only was it something that as iconic as a micro machine boba fett like that already that style and then um like not only did you think to add like the different heads but you made the heads interchangeable right yeah so all that like badass with magnets and all kinds of stuff yeah because it was kind of like the idea like i don't know i'm a big fan of all that shit so you know, I I love Iron Man, Batman, He Man, you know, Boba Fett or Mandalorian. I love all of them, but we kind of were thinking like, you know, maybe everyone doesn't like all those things, so at least you have an option, you know. Yeah. Whether you know you're a big He Man fan, maybe that will just be it for you, and that might be enough, and you get you get some bonus heads with it. Yeah. And uh, and then we kind of tried to spice some of them up the like the He Mando head. It's just a straightforward head, but um, I wanted to add a little flair with the Batman Doe and the Iron Man Doe. So those two color change, just the heads. Yeah. So let, I mean, you create those and I just, it, it's so insane how good they were. Like, what's the painting process look like? Are you now, like, since you come from painting, do you hate painting figures since you don't paint the, uh, like, swamp things that often? Yeah. Like, um, Man, I'll tell you, there is <laughs> there is some serious patience in painting yeah. figures that 
you know, I never really got into painting miniatures too much. I was used to like, you know, having a very painterly hands, like more fine art backgrounds and honing it into that is definitely difficult. The Swamp Thing cast lends you to be a little more expressive in those ways, just because it's very organic and you can really apply different painting techniques where when you're painting like a He-Man head, I mean, it's pretty much gotta be straightforward, right? So um, it was a lot, it was a lot of uh, learning and a lot of, a lot of hours of like, man, and then, you know, just, that's not right. We got to start over, redo it. And after, I think, uh, I think we did 10. So, you know, that's 30 heads that I had to paint up. Yeah. And that was pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> I just remember some nights just being like, like just feeling like my eyes are bleeding, you know, and, and I'm not super versed in painting miniatures, like I said. So there's probably a good chance I'm not using the correct paint and whatnot. And, yeah, you know, the, sometimes for me, what I was using, it would take anywhere from two to four or more passes, depending on, you know, the, the color of the cast and what you're applying over it to make sure it yeah. covers. And you're kind of fighting the, um, the stroke, you know, you don't want to be building up the surface. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I, I remember seeing it come out and I, so one thing I hate painting, like absolutely eyes. I don't paint eyes. I don't want to paint eyes. And on one of my most recent figures, someone asked me, they're like, Hey, why don't you do the eyes? I was like, fuck eyes. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like that. um, I don't know if you saw the, I made that Blondie figure for the Earth of Kentucky toy division show. Yeah, 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 I did. It, it was Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I thought about doing the whites of the eyes. And I was like, oh, I might be a little, might be a little too intense. So I was thinking a little more classic Kenner where it's just the dots or something, you know, just keep it simple. And man, I'll tell you, I like getting just those two pupils right on yep. that. I mean, I don't know how many times. I probably painted each one of them at least seven times of going back and forth. Like, this one looks right, and then... Yep. We interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Earth 2 Aliens have landed. Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. Toys, 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 Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. Ooh, <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely a, like, a process where you're like about to chuck that thing. You're like, I'm done. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that like... I don't know. I watch those videos on people painting miniatures and they're talking about paint and all this different. I mean, I just call it bullshit because I just hate painting figures so much, but they're talking about all these different paints and they get so excited and stuff, but it's like, all I need is like two or three tricks to just help the process. That's it. Right. I know what you mean, man. And like, I don't know, I guess that's, that's like, 
what has been really cool about the swamp thing is I'm able to apply my what I already know to that. Whereas when you're painting like a very direct thing, you you have to nail it, you know. You yeah. get a little bit of leeway in something organic and you get a little bit of freedom with that. But when you're painting something with armor or a very specific face, you you kind of have to nail that if if you're trying to replicate it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, and yeah, just fuck painting. That's what it comes down to. There was a, a couple times where I've tried to paint uh not only do I hate painting, but like I've tried to paint um figures and it's come out i mean okay but then i've tried to paint micro machines like repaint them oh my gosh dude and i i've learned some tricks like if you i mean people have said uh, once you mold you gotta wash them or whatever but if you spray them with uh like a matte finish it creates texture so you don't have to wash anything you can just start painting yeah which is dope but like i still like i don't know i got so bored after i just sprayed the finish like i hadn't even started painting yet yeah, I mean, and, and it's like there's a lot of pressure with the paint job because you're it's a final step, you know. You don't want to, you've already gone so far, and yeah. you have this thing, and you're like, like you know, the heat is on right now, and you got to get it out. But man, painting painting is something I really need to uh, improve on to streamline that process a lot more. Like I I picked up an airbrush and i've you know been messing around with it i really haven't honed that yet but yeah. hopefully that will accelerate the process a little bit yeah you know i've there was a couple i do i have an airbrush that i use every once in a while um but i've used uh like an i is it iwata is that the brand yeah yeah that's what i have an iwata and they like the the paint nozzle can get it down to like 0.17 of a millimeter and it's like barely doing a line it's badass yeah uh i've seen some pretty amazing airbrushers and i'm just like what like i got a lot of friends that do like that model stuff and those you know warhammer figures and they'll come over and we'll just kind of chill and make together and i'm, I'm just like yo what are you <laughs> like you want to paint some figures like what yeah. do you want to large <laughs> i think like, that's, how are you getting yeah. that detail on that thing like damn that's very impressive there's a guy uh i forget his name i don't know his, i can't remember his actual name but i think it's pananormatic toys or pananormatic or something like that i'll have to figure it out but um he like is just so damn good at painting because he started with miniatures and right he, and he just forced himself and now he does it but yeah, so you create swamp things. Um, do you, would you say for your, um, I mean, your business or your company or like your style, that would you personally say like that's exclusively where you want to stay or that's what you feel that you love the most or? You know, I mean, I'll be honest, like I've got a million fucking irons in the fire right now. And yeah. I'm really just trying to see the swamp thing through. Don't get me wrong. I love making them. I'm not tired of making them. Yeah. There's still so many things that I, versions I want to create with swamp thing that I still haven't got to do. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's all sorts of things I want to do. And I know that's kind of what I'm known for currently, you know, hopefully in the future, maybe there'll be more, but it's kind of like, I almost like put myself in that hole if I start putting out, all the other stuff I'm, if I'm start showing what I'm working on 
mm-hmm. it'll almost kind of like might yeah. be a little overwhelming. And so I just want to kind of see that through, um, you know, and just let it play itself out. I feel like, I feel like people are enjoying them. So might as well, you know, I want, I want everyone that wants one to have one. And, um, I don't want anyone to feel left out. I don't want it to be an exclusive thing, you know, where it's like, that's it. No more swamp things, you know? Yeah. I think that's, it's almost like an unintended scarcity because at some point you might like, what, what's so tough is like you, when you started, they came out badass right from the get go. So it's like, now you can't stop. <laughs> right. Thanks, man. I like, you know, it's so funny because I really didn't expect that to even like I make because I'm, I want to make, you know, and that's, that's kind of how I've always been. It's almost like creating the, the versions or, you know, combinations of things that I never had that I always wanted or mm-hmm. would, would, would be cool. And, um, and it's really awesome. Other people really dig that. And uh, it's, it's just, um, it's just been like so overwhelming with the Swamp thing that I just never anticipated there was that many people that would want one. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is really awesome. It's really flattering. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's rad. So you're talking about irons in the fire. Can we get an exclusive, like one of the irons in the fire? What's coming up? Oh man. Uh, So I don't want to give too much out, but you know, I've got, I'm a big fan of Skeletor and I've had this, I've had this uh, three and three quarter Skeletor. That's like the classic style that, that beefy build that's one figure I want to put out in uh, what I'm also really excited about is I'm, I want to do this hobgoblin. Yeah. And, uh, I've always loved the hobgoblin. I really, really love the sculpt of um, this particular one. And so I'm trying to navigate the, the best way to approach it. And it, in my process, I, I like to put as much effort in the beginning as possible that way it helps for the end, you know, the last thing you want to do is pull a cast and then you got to, then there's 20 more steps, right? You know, you yeah. want to go pull that cast and be like, finish it then, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be sitting on all these piles of, you know, casted parts. So it is a little painstaking and you got to like try to keep patient and make sure, you know, you don't miss a step and, you know, check everything off because, um, it'll only cause way more problems in the end result. Yeah. It's just so much material and time that, you know, just do it right the first time, you know. Absolutely. I So, which now I'm excited for those figures, but it reminds me of that tiny, tiny figure that you created. Was that Skeletor? Yeah, that was a, he's like two inches tall. Yeah, which is badass. And I remember you telling me like it was, so much work because he is so small yeah and it's it's like a really interesting um juxtaposition to the swamp thing where you know you're dealing with this big beefy hunk of resin right yeah um, versus this really delicate swamp uh, skeletor and when you start equating time versus material it's a little hard to gauge that and i, I made that almost like i was excited i, I was just really like pumped about that and it was a, it was almost like a challenge of me. Like, can I, can I pull this off? Like, mm-hmm. this is just like pretty extreme in comparison to my previous work. And, and I, able, I was able to pull it out and I was like, all right, that's rad. But then I'm like, 
do I really want to produce a whole bunch of these? So it kind of put me in a weird spot where uh, it was, it was like, you know, relieving to think, wow, I'm capable of doing that. But at the same time, do I want to make, do I want to keep making these guys or not? Um, yeah. Cause you're like, going from swamp thing who takes god knows how much resin to make one then you're going to this little skeletor that's taken you're like half ouncing it almost right like it's so such a tiny amount right like material wise it's pretty minuscule but then uh all the hours it takes in that and i mean trying to pull that pull the cast out and not break the fingers off in itself it's just yeah you know, you go the casting process and then you wait and you're trying to make sure you do it just right. And you break that finger off and you're like, well, that's it. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that it was so rad. And I couldn't, do you remember? I mean, maybe you're into it. I was never into like car models. Like you go to the store and you build a little bit of like, you know, like Gundams and um, stuff like that. Yeah. and there's always there's like a part to the Gundam or to the cars. It's usually the motor in the cars and where you're like have to build the little pieces. I could I hated that and I broke it all the time. So I can only imagine the Skeletor would be just the same way. Right. And the way he was molded, I mean, he was molded with a peg system, not meant for magnets, just because, I mean, it's it's so, so tiny. So, um Dealing with the peg system is a little tricky. Um, there's a couple ways that you can go about it, but um, the way I went about it wasn't probably the best way. So you're almost basically trying to drill out half of the, half of the negatives to accept the positive of the peg for mm-hmm. that receiving part. And I mean, you don't really have much stock behind that and you're holding this little part with this really tiny bit trying to just drill it right you don't want to over drill it because then it'll be loose and then you you know what i mean it's like geez you pretty much gotta like just get it right and hope that it works and you're not off center or anything like that yeah and that's that seems awful like (laughs) breaking a finger there's some figures i'll break something or i'll have a bubble i'll patch that shit and like mold it but man yeah that one's impossible then yeah there's um there's definitely ways you can like be like i could i could probably fix that or you know i can get around that and and then there's other figures where you know if you're doing like such a specialty wild cast on it then and you, if you catch a bubble you're like i don't really know you know what are you going to try to mix up a batch of resin and match that color and drop that in or you know, because you, if it, there's no paint being applied over it, then yeah, it's still it's still gonna pop out or be visible. And you're like, what's worse, the bubble or the patch job? Or yeah, usually, damn. <laughs> so you, I mean, you talked about uh, how you were in the the show with E2K, and then have you is show something that you plan on focusing on more? Like we have Comic Con coming up, Designer Con all these different things, these different people hosting shows. How are you with shows at the moment? Um, I uh, was asked to join E2K's, the David Lynch um, themed show. So it's that learning thing. You can like uh, plan as much as you want until 
you know, until it's in hand, then it's another story. And, you know, you have to, you have to go with the flow. You want to, you want to have a plan of your execution, but there is a deadline to meet. And, Absolutely. And you have to kind of like utilize like, you know, your best skills and try to make the best product you can for that show. And uh, so, yeah, like the, the original concept I had for the last one didn't quite work out. And, you know, the Blondie piece was the next in line and I was able to pull that off, which was still a learning process. And for me, when I, when I approach these shows, it's almost like a good opportunity to, you know, maybe showcase something people haven't seen me do, but at the same time, you don't want to get too ambitious and bite off more you can chew because it, you know, you want to try something new or be fresh with it, but... We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. The bootleg bike. Okay, dude, why am I at the library? Shh, I'm looking for the bootleg Bible. The bootleg Bible? Shh. Yeah, it's a beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. It helps aspiring artists make their own toys. You can order it at bluemondaypress.com. Wait, we can order it? That's right, the Bootleg Bible, a guide to bootleg toy makers, published by Blue Monday Press. Includes interviews with bootleg artists like The Sucklord, Rykov, Obvious Planet, Larby World, Marquee Marauders Club, Bendor, Trap Toys, and art from a whole host of other artists all around the world. Also includes a step-by-step beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. So order yours today at BlueMondayPress.com. Why are we even at the library? I don't know. Shh! The Bootleg Bible. Order now at BlueMondayPress.com. At the same time, you don't want to, yeah. You know, you don't want to fail with it. You want to still come out with a, a solid piece. Yeah. So we're already. I mean, it went quick. Already coming up on that forty-minute mark. We. I like to leave the last part of the podcast just for the artist. Um, like what's coming up? How people get in touch if they want a commission? What you have cooking? Where can we see you next? All kinds of shit. Just about you. So. This is just you talking about yourself. I hope you like that. Oh, man, I hate talking about myself. Um, <laughs> currently, I don't have any website. My main source, my only source is Instagram. And um, it's been pretty much just DMing me and or I, uh, I'm i swamped in commission, <laughs> so to speak. So um, I'm, re- I'm not really accepting too many more right now. Just trying to catch up as much as I can. Uh, I've got a lot going on. I'm kind of in everything's in flux with my living situation in my studio. So there's a lot of that happening. Uh, big plans of upgrading on a lot of stuff. So you know, in the future, to have that website. But as for now, uh, there's just so many different figures I got going on. Uh, I don't even really know how to talk about them all at once. But hopefully, they'll all come together. Yeah, and we'll stay tuned and keep watching on that Instagram. Yeah, yeah, man. Sick. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, it was so good to see you again and talk to you and get all this out in the open. Yeah, dude. Again, thanks so much for having me.
New from Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. Next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.